Yeah. But I don't know any, anything really about the the, the the realities of like running a city. I, I suppose there's like there's like budget issues and like all this kind of stuff. But like, well, why though? How, how why is the whole society built in such a way that it all comes down to budget issues constantly? You know, I'm just sick of it. Like, it's, yeah. it's not we don't lack people, we don't lack resources. It's just <laughs> this abstract, weird bean counting game that everyone's committed to. That has serious life and death consequences you know yeah it's fucking bizarre to me the counting of the beans is more important than the health of the community somehow yeah yeah exactly yeah I, it's as if because and and the counting of the beans is such a an abstract thing it, it it's like almost a spiritual thing I almost yeah. it, it, yeah, it feels right, right. It, it it like it really does seem and it's like I can't help but sim like I feel like I'm simplifying here but it seems as if it's just the complete repression of the of the numinous like because mm. because life is lived generally as if there is no numinosity yeah um money is like the most like abstract thing it's like the most symbolic thing that, right. that we can allow ourselves to interact with or something <laughs> um isn't it funny that we put at least in the united states we like we put on our money all these weird esoteric symbols then though Yes, yeah, it's kind yeah. of like right there in the most kind of repressed in plain sight way or something, mm. you know? <laughs> right, exactly. It literally is talismanic. It's, 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 <laughs> yes. It represents gold, which in itself is kind of like, you know, yeah, I'm sure, like, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it's round. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, like, like a yeah, mandala. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this Shining. thing you were saying about, yeah, and the, this thing like about budgets. I I just read today here in Barcelona that that they're going to um install these like um new like cameras in the street. That I guess it's mm. like it's the it's the new kind of of cameras that have like face recognition and and all this kind of stuff. Um, creepy things uh, yeah yeah and it, it's funny because like you say it's it's so funny how these kind of measures are obviously well, it seems like they are a response to like covid amongst other things yeah yeah which is funny because it's as if it's kind of like trying to solve the issue without going to the root of the problem just by adding like superficial bandages like yeah yeah like without dealing well, with the, the issue of care yeah stafford makes this point I, I, mm. at some point i think um that systems tend to just do more of what they know how to do when they're confronted by a kind of a runaway variable like this you know oh um, right interesting right yeah they because if they lack the kind of the meta systemic house cleaning capability to actually change what they're doing then they just assume you know um 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's just like look at the response to the protest. It, it exactly is this like protest for police brutality. What's the solution? More police brutality. Throw more <laughs> yeah, yeah. violence at it. That'll shut it down. You know, yeah, like it, it's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's the same logic of um. It's funny. It's 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 the same logic of addiction of like. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You you're addicted to a substance and you feel bad, so you just throw more of that substance. On, yeah, on, yeah, it. exactly. It's exactly that. Yeah, yeah it, it's like the, the 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 system the system feedback loops itself into a into a state of like tunnel vision. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. And of course, the same happens with money, right? That like, there's a point where yeah. you want more money, and and of course, it's not because, like, um, because you actually want this sort of shiny golden object. Like, at least no one would like con- consciously say that there is there is this sort of like they'd all be embarrassed if if it were exposed that that's actually the level of their. Yes. About it. It's totally what it is. It's like so obvious. Yeah, and I'm. Oh man, the internet is really bad for some reason. Oh no! Hold on. I'll check mine as well. Um. Is it any better now? I think so. It, it it sounds like. Am I okay? I. You, you sound alright. Okay. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter. It'll, it'll just like some. Sometimes you kind of um disappear into a vortex <laughs> of like oh, of, of so glitchiness. <laughs> but um, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, no. Um. Huh. And then, and then, of course, like m- m- money seems to represent the future in some way because it's all the stuff that you'll be able to do. Like you'll be able to, it allows you to do stuff in the future. Um, so yes, so, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. <sighs> Yeah, there's definitely a weird relationship between money and possibility and chance, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Even, like, all the basic <laughs> probability examples are always use coins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the whole coin flip idea. Uh, that's, ah, that's amazing, and yeah. For the Dark Knight, you know? Mm. Two-Face. Oh, it's true. It's hard to flip to decide who lives or dies, you know? Mm. Complicated movie. Those Nolan Batman movies. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I think I've only ever watched them like in the in the theaters when they came out. Um, so I should mm. rewatch. <laughs> I'm not sure, you know, what they're doing consciously. I know there was a lot of criticism about them being kind of right wing apologists logetics or something you know right yeah yeah i'd heard that because they because they go because they kind of kind of you know 
justify Batman's vigilante violence in different weird ways, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, there's that whole thing with like the, the, the sometimes the, the people need to be lied to and, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think there's other, there's other weird unconscious stuff going on though, you know, because really when I watch the dark Knight now, my identification is largely with the Joker, you know, mm-hmm. The Joker's the secret star of that movie anyway. He's the best performance and, and what everyone was freaking out about when that movie dropped, you know? Yeah. Um, and Nolan leaves that completely ambiguous and unresolved. Like, you never see what happens to the Joker. He's just kind of left suspended, literally. You know, he's mm-hmm. left hanging upside down. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, right, he is. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm I'm so unfamiliar with Nolan to be honest. Like I've mm. cuz I I I get the feeling also that I a rewatching of the of the Batman movies would be good because every other movie I've seen from him seems to conform to like an obsession with um with memory and stuff like there's Memento. Yeah. And, like inter yeah, interstellar he's very into that stuff yeah interstellar was also kind of like returning to and, the past and, and and inception of course all the dream stuff yeah. yeah yeah exactly so i'd be really interested to see uh, yeah how batman fits in if if it fits into his theme mm. um mm. yeah Also, like, yeah, I've only watched his movies once, all of those. Um, I remember not liking Interstellar that much. Um, mm. Like, at a, at a sort of... Uh, and this is something, it's it's complicated. I, this happens a lot with movies where I never know when a movie is kind of, like, triggering something in me that I don't want to look at. Right. Or whether a movie is actually like something that I don't like. Like it's difficult to tell the difference sometimes. Uh, right. Between like, do I actually like, if I got over this shadow issue that the movie is pointing at, would I then like this movie or is the movie going to not? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, Nolan's a, Because I can't ever figure out if I actually like him or not either. Mm-hmm. Um, I I enjoy his films, and like I was really into Inception. I watched that a bunch. Of, but these days, going back watching the Dark, like, there's a kind of clunkiness or something to what he does. Um, mm. Like people. Think this is kind of Kubrickian big guy, but to, to me, it's he's marking very simple big blocks around. Usually, um, mm. it, it's kind of clear in Batman, especially like uh, thematically. I'm not sure how sophisticated he is. Really, his films are like always very structurally sophisticated. 
you know mm-hmm. inception speaks to you know, all this crazy non-linear editing and all these different timelines and how they all add up and all this stuff you know um yeah. but the kind of the meaning of the films you know the con- uh-huh. conscious meaning or whatever like i'm never that sure even what they're saying even you, you know yeah. um yeah 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 maybe that's I mean. a limit like i haven't you know i haven't done like a deep crunch on nolan or anything so maybe that's a maybe none of that's true but that's kind of how i often feel about it there's just something a little missing somehow ultimately in his movies Mm. they're they're missing a you know what is it they 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 feel like um haunted houses a little bit you know Mm -hmm. they're so kind of constructed and I, I can see how the gears are working, usually. Like with the Batman stuff, it's like, I can see how he's working backwards from uh, irrational conclusions and then constructing all these, all these like little logical bridges to make you accept the world, you know? Oh, okay. There's like, somehow there's, there's a heavy-handedness to how he does that, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's really obvious, like, like, here's the thing that will set up the plausibility of the existence of Batman's flying car, you know, <laughs> like five steps out, you know, I can just, everything in this movie starts to look like gadgets that are facilitating plot motion, you know, and they're and the, often these gadgets are like very Baroque and beautiful and amazing, but they're still, mm. it's still, just, it's like, a, it's like a weird mechanical movie world. There's <laughs> n- nothing organic left in it you know and no uh, spontaneity left in it because of that you know i have the impression they're storyboarded down to the micron you know and interesting uh, and it's it's different than kubrick you know kubrick left room for chaos and improvised yeah. a lot i'm convinced like look at the shining you know those performances are yeah live you know and yeah. and the thing is i i don't think nolan ever really did that except with the dark knight the, um fucking uh uh, uh, Heath Ledger brought that chaos to that movie. Like yeah. His that the Joker just is that. It's this really live element in that movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I don't think there's an equivalent in really any of Nolan's other films. It's always yeah. you know this other thing. So that's weird, man. Because it's like um, in the new Joker, um, a similar kind of thing happens in that it's the performance. Uh, it, yes. it's, it's it's Joaquin Phoenix's performance that brings the the chaos. It's almost as if the Joker character is like this blank space in the middle of a very structured movie that allows like a crazy improvisational performance to to emerge. And then yeah, that, interesting. It 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 then highlights the the structuredness of everything around that performance. Like, um, yes, yes. Heath Ledger stands out amidst this sort of blocky Hollywood type of, um, mechanical world, uh, or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really interesting because he, he stands Mm. out against the blockiness of the visual world of the film because it's this mm. world of s- buildings cityscapes and you know yeah and the joker's like in a 
you know, he's he's wild and organic. You know, his his paint is like halfway running off his face all the time, and his hair is greasy and unwashed, and uh, yeah. uh, and uh, uh, but then he also stands out against the blockiness of the of the movie apparatus in this weird hmm. meta way. Um, right. He seems the most real in a strange way out of anything in that movie, because Batman is so clearly artifice, like the ridiculous voice that <laughs> Christian Bale does for, you know, yeah, yeah. the Batman voice, whatever. Like it's yeah. so funny and yeah. fake and, it's, it's it makes for a very interesting dynamic there because it, it does seem like Batman's mm. kind of a pretend freak, but the Joker's the real deal, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's where this, <laughs> this anxiety comes in of not knowing what the movie is trying to say sometimes. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because... Yeah. Um, because exactly, I, I, it's as if it exemplifies the typical sort of sync dilemma of intentionality versus non-intentionality, but it's like within a non-sync world or something. Like it's, it's yeah. that same dilemma. Because um, like, I don't know, I remember being, I'd have to watch it again, but I remember be, being really impressed by Memento. I, when I watched yeah, it. Yeah, me too. I couldn't believe it, it was the same director for some reason. It feels like a completely different style, but then it isn't. It's thematically very similar. It's also yes. very constructed and mechanical. Um, yes. But that that just, yeah, I guess that, that sort of confuses me even more, especially considering how popular Nolan's movies have been. Um, yes. Yeah, he's then, quite interesting yeah. in that way. That mm. he's managed to pull off somehow being a popular blockbuster movie maker. Mm. Because you know we're kind of, or at least I was kind of criticizing him. You know. Oh man, I, I'm sorry, I, I lost you there. Yeah, yeah, we we completely lost contact there. That was crazy. Um, oh, are we back? I think so. Okay. You you were criticizing him. Yeah, I was I was criticizing him a little bit, but 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 objectively speaking, like his movies are very weird. You know. Yes, they're, exactly. Uh, they're completely yeah. <laughs> strange. Like, like I, I love them. You know, they're, he's a mm -hmm. weird director making weird movies and passing mm -hmm. them off somehow in the middle of Hollywood. So I, I yeah. you know, I'm a Nolan fan. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, uh, yeah, I just, I just remain c confused by him. I, I suppose. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> really, I can't figure out what the Dark Knight means. Still, even, mm -hmm. even. Though, um, even though I think I've kind of ID'd it as like a Corona crisis precog film, you know, yeah. I kind of see the the historical overlay, but I still, but still, I don't know, like what you, know, what's what's the meaning ultimately of this 
collision between Batman and the Joker in, in any context, you know? Um, mm. Cause what Nolan says in the movie is, is, or he puts it in the Joker's mouth, you know, but it's like, um, what happens when an immovable, f- f- what, what is it? What happens when a unstoppable force meets an immovable object? I think that's it. Oh, like right. That. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then he basically just never answers it because like, I, because the, the Batman doesn't defeat the Joker and the yeah. Joker doesn't defeat Batman. And it happens in this very specific way because the Joker keeps trying to get Batman to break his moral code, mm-hmm. which involves sort of not killing indiscriminately, you know? Um, and so he ends up, Batman ends up saving the Joker because the Joker's falling to his death, but Batman grabs him and strings him up. And, um, but then it's just, it's just left there because Batman just goes away and the Joker's just hanging there. And then I don't think the third film says anything about it. It just... Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't planned, like, Heath Ledger died. He wasn't supposed to die. The Joker was supposed to be in the, the third movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Right. Huh. Yeah. I Have I lost you again? I no, think... no, no. I'm here. All right. Sorry. I, so, God, there's so much to sort of um, think about. I mean... I remember also, I, I'm again. I'm speaking from memory from like maybe ten years ago or something. So yeah, but I, I yeah, feel yeah. as if the end of Inception a, yes. and the end of uh, the other one, Interstellar. I remember feeling like there was this weird, like thematic, like aesthetic link almost between them that they, I. I agree, yeah. I agree. Even as you say it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. I remember, like, the end of Interstellar is almost like a montage, as far as I can remember. It's suddenly, like, the pace picks up, and yeah. Yeah. there's just, like, a lot of information is given in very little time. Just, boom, like, the end of the movie is yeah. just almost like de- a deliberate sort of, like, montage-style ending, I remember. Like, he suddenly, like, I don't know, 10 years have passed and this happens. Yeah. yeah. There's hu- huge. And I think that the end of, of, of Inception was something similar, where suddenly the end of the movie is this big sort of whoop of compression. Uh, I don't know. I wonder what, what that is. What, that, what, what is that style? Like, what, what, what is it within the, 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 the movies? And, and um, yeah. <laughs> What can it say about Batman, I guess? Um, anyway. Wow. Yeah, these two films are really pretty similar, actually, just thinking through it now, Inception and Interstellar, because don't they both involve kind of time stretch mm. mechanics? Because in Interstellar, there's like the planets that... It's, it's going to be like this many years on this planet versus this many years on this other or something. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's pretty similar to the dream idea where the deeper layers of the dream move slowly or more quickly or whatever. Oh fuck. In I hadn't thought of inception. that. 
That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like a, it's like the same thing. It's just one in dream space and one in like like sci-fi. <laughs> Whoa, dude! I don't think I've ever seen anyone mention that. That's <laughs> that. Yeah. Crazy, huh? It is. It's the same thing. It's just going down these layers into like the depths, and the the it things get like slower and slower as you get down. Yeah. And then at the end it, of the movie, yeah. it's like there's like a. It's almost like the end of the movie just springs back into ultra fast like it's like a catapult it like sort of voomp, <laughs> kind of like um propels you back out with uh, delivering a lot of conclusive information mm. <laughs> um well in yeah in interstellar there's kind of that moment in eternity as well right mm. Yes. All those looking at time from the outside almost, you know? Mm. Yeah. Um, it's like the self. Time gets slower and slower as you go down these layers. And then in the middle, it's like null time, eternity. Yes. In yes. The center. And, and, uh, and uh, Inception has that with the totem, the, 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 the spinning top. It's a. Mm another selfie thing rotating gyro oh, true yes thing yeah right it just it turns forever kind of thing it's like it's 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 yeah the movie's yeah, yeah. trying to imply that um which is funny to me because that's yes. always how i felt about about dreams like i've always felt that that in dreams you can descend down deeper and deeper and at some point at the center of the dream so to speak there is um eternity uh so it's, it's weird to me that this is reflected so well of course in hellraiser 2 as well like the the labyrinth you go deeper and deeper into the labyrinth and then the center yes. of the there's the this diamond of eternity yeah I just find that crazy because it, it's as if, if, like, again, it's tricky to make these statements, but if I kind of pose the possibility that that is factually true, <laughs> that there is some sort of way in which you can, you can describe the dream world in that way, then it's expressing itself through movies god i don't know i mean it, yeah it's funny because it's nothing yeah. new i mean it's just it's the uh, usual it's the usual sort of thing that 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 sync research deals with it's just that it's kind of like there are, it it these there are these moments where <laughs> it just like in the case of Christopher Nolan, it, it confuses me because it's so like this structure in the movies. It doesn't seem entirely unconscious. It seems like Nolan is thinking about these things. Um, yes, yeah. It that's that's why it's confusing, probably because it's not entirely unconscious mm -hmm. because he's thinking about it psychologically and all this, you know. But yeah. it's not entirely conscious either. 
I'm no. not convinced he thinks about his editing style as a structural reflection of a psychological transcendentality like the self, you know. I, I think yeah, that's yeah. probably just happening, you know. Um, he's following his nose with it. Uh, yeah, I'm reading his Wikipedia. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I guess I'll just have to watch Nolan films now. <laughs> Wasn't like there's a yeah. there's a scenario that plays out in the Dark Knight. You know, where it's like eventually there's like people on two different boats, and one of the boats is just like people from Manhattan, basically, and the other boat. I mean, I know it's like Gotham or whatever, but you know, there's like rich people on one boat. And then on the other boat, it's all these criminals. And there's a bomb on each boat. And the one boat has the detonator for the other boat and vice versa. And there's like a time. Like it's the craziest scenario you can imagine, basically. Like hilariously so, you know. Uh, and right, kind of yeah. like almost like almost like something Nolan's pulled out of like an ethics 101 philosophy thought experiment or something, you know. Um <laughs> And and the thing is like who's gonna blow up who first, you know? Um, um, and and in the end, they don't they don't blow each other up. The convicts don't blow up the bourgeois, and the bourgeois don't blow up the conflicts. And so uh -huh. it's proof against the Joker's claim that people are fundamentally rotten and will eat each other when they get a chance. So <laughs> Nolan puts this weird thing in. It's like in, in this crazy action scene, but but the point of it is to like is Make to a refute logics professor this. Kind of, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like everything has the quality of like an argument, kind of, in a Nolan movie. There's something essay-like about his uh -huh, approach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember feeling this with Interstellar as well, and this is what I didn't like about Interstellar mm -hmm. is that there were moments in the film where it felt like like it was a i don't know what the best word is yeah like an essay or like a sort of weird propaganda movie or something where the characters yeah. are there, there yeah. was this sort of it's a lecture it's a lecture mm. nolan wishes he was a professor in some way i think you know <laughs> he's gonna lecture you about a topic through his movies he's a great lecturer very visual mm. <laughs> you know but uh it, yeah yeah it always has this quality. I always feel like I'm being lectured a little bit and, and moralized too a bit. There's a, a, a simplicity some somehow, even kind of within the ambiguity. There's mm. you know, yeah, I, yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's part of my frustration is is he seems a little timid to just admit that he's making that kind of a movie kind of a propaganda piece you know uh -huh, so he uh -huh, so he disguises yeah. it in in ambiguity but the ambiguity is a little forced sometimes uh, uh until it isn't in like the dark night where this weird performance and some like sink kind of gets in the way of what he's trying to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe i don't know right that's interesting because it, it's it's exactly if if it's as if if he were 
aware that he's trying that he's making a a lecture it might like maybe i would like it better it would be more like a sort of like a youtube video or something like like you know he's sort of trying to expose he's trying to he's, he's making an exposition of information of uh, arguments um it, right I'm I'm getting sort of I'm 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 looking at his upcoming film, by the way, uh, which will. Oh, be I have called, no idea what what it even is. What is he working on? It's called Tenet. And Tenet, interesting. It the premise is a secret agent is tasked with preventing World War Three. <laughs> um, <laughs> and okay, the, interesting. The title a late on that man. Yeah, <laughs> aren't we? Aren't we in it right now? <laughs> Seems it's, like we are. It's weird too because the see this is what's weird about this type of movies. The poster shows this guy, and the image is sort of cut in half, so the the guy's body is mirrored on itself. Okay. Um, and it, it's like it's clearly like a mirroring. And then the title of the movie, Nolan says the title is a palindrome, and so it's it's oh. a it's a he's up to his old tricks again. I say. So he's mix, yeah. It's like con- mixing the idea of World War Three with these themes of time um, and a, a sort of this sort of weird eternity. Yeah, which is weird because like it 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 um it is weird. I've kind of noticed yeah. weird a weird trend in this direction though. Maybe I don't know. Um, I just think of like the. Lo- Last John Wick movie. Uh, oh man, I've only yeah. Concludes I've only seen with the first. like, yeah. The second one is crazy because it. Are there three now? No, even maybe it's not. Maybe I'm thinking the second to last one or something. But anyway, in this in the second one, the final action sequence takes place like literally in some kind of like diamond like mirror world like it's it's all this like cg glass reflection <laughs> fragments wow. flying around everywhere like it's crazy and numinous and feels very selfie to me it's just this ballet of stupid <laughs> hollywood gun violence but like in this geo <laughs> metric like crazy diamond refract world Oh, yeah. amazing! Um, yeah, yeah. Or, or then I just think of—I just even think of like the titles of these movies. Like, what, what was it? Was it like the last Avengers called like Infinity War or something? Fuck yeah! <laughs> that that juxtaposes it right in the title, like a war and eternity. In, in ah infinity. man, yeah, that's so stupid. Like that—that oh, <laughs> that almost makes me angry. How? Yeah, I don't know why. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Infinity War. Infinity War. It kind of pisses me <laughs> off because it's like it's it's it's. God, I don't even know how to feel about that. To be honest, my I would I, I would be, I would yeah. be laughing a lot more, but I I I, it, I can't laugh with this stand right. in. Like it hurts ah, me. Yeah. <sighs> that is funny though. Fuck. In, yeah. Infinity War. It sounds made up. It's it sounds. It's like a like a movie that would be on um, in the background of Idiocracy, you know, like a like yes. like a like a yeah. pan by that, that dystopia 
like, like Infinity War would be the, the name of a movie <laughs> on the pretend yeah, yeah. idiocracy movie theater. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's annoying because it's like, this is, it's a theme, the idea that, the, the idea of connecting World War Three as, as an idea with yeah. Infinity yeah. is obviously, you know, it's something David Blade has talked about. It's something that I've seen, like, other people have talked about. Like, it's so yeah. weird how... Well, it's weird uh, because it would represent yeah. some, some kind of, like, a, a transcendence of the first two. You know, it's the dialectic thing. Level three for Bateson and all that, you know. There's always like, it's always yeah. that infinity flip when you get to three. So it's like built. I think it's a uh, built-in association, you know. Somehow, think... somehow, somehow, we have an implicit sense that like World War Three will s- summarize and transcend the first two. And there's an there's mm-hmm. an implicit of like there's there's an implicit union of opposites in there. Mm-hmm. Even though World War One and World War Two aren't opposites, but there's still two things that ought to transcend it in the unity of the third thing, World War Three. Yeah. And also, we, we're just programmed to think of, of these movies as coming in three parts. So it's the last and biggest part is going to be three. It's the conclusion uh, of the trilogy, you know? Crazy. Yeah, so yeah. It's the apocalypse. Yeah. It's the last one. It's the last war. It must be World War Three, you know? yeah yeah it's funny i'm looking at an image of john wick here he has this there's this screenshot of him haloed by like yes like obviously christy kind of halo yeah Um, yeah i need yeah i need to watch that it's an interesting one you know because the 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 it's the pure male revenge fantasy film like yeah it's it's, (laughs) It's it's very psychologically utilitarian in that way. You know, it's it's, it's uh-huh. like a genre. It's a genre of film that exists to placate a very particular kind of sexed, gendered, like mm. like fantasy idea of like mm. the righteous application of violence on the basis of you killed my kid, you killed my wife, you killed my dog. So. <laughs> No one can tell me that I can't kill as many fucking faceless weird bad guys as necessary to like get to the to the end of this movie. <laughs> yeah, basically, um, it gives you complete license at morally to just enjoy mm-hmm. the violence, basically, and it and it it's so obvious in how it sets it up. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's so close to pornography in that way. You know, mm-hmm. the plot just barely exists. It just exists to facilitate um, enjoyment of the primary action, which in this case is going to be violence and in porn would be sex, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's funny. Because I remember feeling that with the first movie as well. And like you say, it's as if what's funny is that the movie seems completely aware of that like it, it, it's the, the or maybe not yes. but it's like the yes plot, completely yeah yeah the plot is comical in a certain way that yes it's aware it, it's self-aware of, of, of mm, this i think yeah 
of what it's doing. And then obviously, like you say, that the in the first film, the the scenes of violence are so like beautifully choreographed and just so yes. pleasing to watch that it yes. you can tell that like this is a movie about just yeah, like viscerally enjoying aesthetically is enjoying um this the the sensation of lashing out uh and it's so interesting go, that yeah. they that they cast keanu in it you know because yeah. he's become this meme of kind of like a person who was really sort of struck down by life in a lot of ways all at once mm-hmm. but um remains like a good good stand-up dude or something you know i, I think i think he, yeah he's thought of as kind of like one of the last good men in hollywood or something you know yeah so, so they, they've they've placed the most like ethically upstanding actor mm. or something <laughs> by popular association anyway um that they could in the role and also an actor who who already is related to Christ strongly through Neo, you know? Yeah. So that yeah, makes I, John Wick uh, a kind of a kind of action Christ, you know. He's definitely it's definitely like movie violence Christ or something. John I'm Wick. really interested. yeah, I'm really interested in that. I, I I really need to watch the other two because it seems as if this could have of course something to do with the antichrist of like enjoying like right 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 not feeling which is obviously has something to do with hellraiser as well it's sort of not not feeling guilty about enjoying um violence in the sense of like artistically i want to say it, right. it's it's, yeah, it's yeah. hard to know what like it's hard to know how to put it into words because obviously it's it's tricky but it's as if in order to somehow i always feel that in order to heal a lot of actual I mean, physical violence it's it's the usual sort of it's the jungian thing it's what it's the whole sort of yes thing. well it's just it's just an aspect of violence like it can mm. be enjoyed that's just exactly truth. People enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Many, many people enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's a strange fact about human beings that feels it's very cathartic to admit and, and recognize, I think, you know. Um, so these movies are strange because they, they're kind of trying to guide you through that catharsis without being too rudely conscious about it. I just... Mm to make you actually confront the fact that you enjoy the violence and don't care about the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so John Wick brings you close to that realization with the self-aware humor, but stops short of pushing it aggressively to your yeah. face. It's, it's interesting how, those, how, they, how they've tuned it. You can think of it kind of cynically, that they've mm. tuned it that way because it, it makes it <laughs> that's how they're going to make the most lucrative movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but also it it it's it, it, I, I find it very in, inter I find this film's very interesting. 
yeah. John Wick ones in particular, um, because they do feel so kind of crafted um, with a lot of attention to, yeah, the psychology of how people are going to relate to the violence, even yeah. if it's in a kind of manipulative way, it's considered, therefore, you know. Interesting. Yeah, I remember really enjoying the first one. Like, I remember finding it really funny as well. Like, how it was almost like a comedy in some way. Yeah, me too. It's hysterical. Because it's, it's like, it's obviously, yeah, and it's obviously aware that it's funny. That's the thing. It's, it's kind of like. Oh, yeah. There, there are clear mm. jokes and and all that stuff. Yeah. It's, it it really is a funny movie. Uh, Yeah. It, and it's it's funny in a way you, you know that the Liam Neeson films weren't at all you know you know the ones I'm thinking of Taken or, or whatever. Um, oh, I've never I've never watched many Liam Neeson movies actually. Oh <laughs> man, well, there's this whole like like series of films. I think there's like two or th- maybe three of them uh-huh. that Liam Liam Neeson did where it's like. It's the same thing. It's like it's like you kidnapped my daughter and like raped my wife or something. So I was going to mm. kill a million people, but it's played completely like completely straight. Like that's my recollection anyway. Is that there's no humor. There's not an ounce of humor in it really. And John yeah, Wick is is yeah. like doing the same thing, but it's it. I th- I feel like it's almost almost consciously making fun of the Liam Neeson movies. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Well, like I'm looking at screenshots of it of Liam Neeson, yeah. one, and the you can immediately tell there's a difference in numinosity. Even like all of the John Wick screenshots are like like religious almost. Yes, yes, yeah, <laughs> totally, yeah, yeah. Which I love because it's funny. It mixes three things that we conventionally don't associate with each other, which is the the religious comedy and um and oh like, my god and violence and violence it's, in it, it we yeah it's the same as the joke comedy mm. oh joker yeah isn't that just the <laughs> same mi- mixture yes religious comedy and violence and isn't the joker trying to get batman to enjoy killing basically yes um Although I was thinking more of the new Joker movie where Batman doesn't even he's Batman doesn't even exist in it, you know. It's like a pure Joker movie. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that's it in the Dark Knight. Yeah, he's uh, he's trying to get Batman to kill and to ad- ad- yeah admit that he that he yeah that he enjoys it exactly. Yeah, I think it's also like because. Um... How would I say it? It's tricky to talk about these things, obviously, because it's <sighs> it's hard to know how to articulate it. But it's as if you are already stuck in a cycle of suffering. <laughs> like yeah. you're you're already inflicting violence on everyone around you and on yourself from like a buddhist kind of point of view or from like uh you know like, like you're, you're so that in some weird way 
in order to become aware of the way in which you're stuck in this cycle of of suffering you it seems as if what is being suggested by these movies and by like other things dreams psychedelic trips and stuff like that is that there is something about that that repressing the fact that you enjoy it just makes you be more unconscious of it which makes yeah. it worse <laughs> yes yeah you're yeah, already yeah. you're already in it so you might as well learn to accept the ways in which you enjoy it in order to become more aware of it in order to improve whatever can be improved basically yes so that so that you can look at it directly and make sure that you relate to it ethically because if you let if you yeah. let your unconscious determine the ethics, it's it's gonna it's gonna do its unconscious ethics, which aren't any kind of ethics that yeah. we would want in the world. It turns out, um, yeah. So you have to take yeah. control. You have to take control of that of that thirst for violence and uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, that's funny. Apply apply a conscious ethical framework to it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, this is the thing I always feel with these movies in general that um, is so counterintuitive, which is that uh, it seems as if in order to bring some kind of healing mm. to a situation, mm. you, you, you need to... Um, dive into it which is counterintuitive because i think that what what we tend to believe in an egoic consciously cultural kind of point of view is that you you need to um get rid of the thing uh right it's what it's kind of what we were saying before that the the, the system will like um if there is uh something that the system wants to get rid of and like there is a protest against violence, then just more violence will be applied to it because right, right, right. It's like the ego's um, assumption is that if there's something you don't like, you just need to get it away. You need to like um, get rid of it. Uh, Finding it hard to articulate, really, but it's kind because, of like yeah, um, it, it's a threat because it might cause the ego to transform. So it uh... right if the ego were to right if the ego were to integrate it, that would mean the ego would become something different. Yes, because an, an ego yes. with with an integrated element that wasn't in it before is a completely new ego. Is, is a new ego? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it involves a death. Yeah, it implies a death. You know, from yes, trans transitioning from the old to the new state. Yeah. Which is funny because maybe that's why this theme of antichrist is so like present in movies. Uh, and maybe, maybe even recent movies. Maybe this is something that is like 
growing in intensity that the antichrist the idea yeah i sometimes wonder about that you know if jung was alive if he wouldn't say you know like look at the obvious like intensification of antichrist energy in the in the popular consciousness you know it really does seem like it's become more and more central I, I mean, I just think of like Marilyn Manson even and stuff like that, you know. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's like a, 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 yeah, the Joker kind of thing. Totally. Yeah. 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 It's funny because then it's like. Well, um, isn't it, isn't it yeah. funny? It's funny how the Antichrist is an implicit celebrity, you know, because Christ is a, is a performer in some mm way he's on the mounts the spectacle of his suffering and so the the antichrist is for sure going to be mm-hmm. going to be a a star you know so there's a natural link to movies and celebrity and movie stars and all of this that's fascinating yeah the antichrist and also because he's a deceiver you know he's going to lie to everybody and that 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 would seem to involve things like cinema too, as a, like illusion making thing, you know. Ah, fuck. Hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. It's like the <laughs> an, the Antichrist in movies is something that has to be seen. Like, yeah, it 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 needs to be popular. It needs to be seen because that's how you you identify with it yeah by seeing by seeing it it needs to be in in conscious in in plain sight yes. it needs to be yeah. in in yeah. in the mainstream um so that maybe these move like the antichrist isn't something that exists outside of art maybe like it, it it is a performance it has to be something that is uh yeah held artistically or something um, i'm thinking more and more it's you know it's a it's a representation of the systems that human beings have built without empathy just the sum total of those things that make Rome Rome, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Now I'm talking. I'm talking about the Antichrist in a particular sense here. Obviously, I'm not talking about, say, the alchemical Antichrist, some kind of proper, weird, negative version of the self or something. You know, that's a much more esoteric idea, I would think. But. But kind of the more Christian-y yeah. idea of the Antichrist, you know, um, as just a source of great evil at the end of time. I think uh, I think that source of great evil is the it's what what the species is doing to itself through its group organizational um, aspects that are, are destroying it and just destroying the planet. Mm. Wow, yeah. Huh. It's all the Antichrist, man. It's it's so it's also numerous uh, um it's just numerous, this you know. 
um, police brutality is a big part of it, and all these mm. terrible healthcare systems that don't work, and um, just all this violence we commit against ourselves. Um, mm. and like, like you know, systems that eat people to to generate profits on the other side. Those are just bad systems, obviously, and very anti-Christ kind of systems. They just, they just, uh, like meat, meat grinders, you know? <laughs> Man, yeah. I was thinking of the, yeah. <laughs> I was think I was thinking literally this morning of meat grinder as a, as, oh, as, really? as, a, as, yeah. a, as a symbol for 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 all of this yeah yeah 2020 meat grinder, meat exactly. grinder. <laughs> the year the, the year it became impossible to deny that you are living in a giant meat grinder, meat grinder yeah. masquerading as a society yeah exactly yeah yeah and and gosh um Right, because that's the whole yeah, fuck. It's it's so difficult to approach <laughs> this um this material. It reminds me of Inception in some way. It reminds me of of lucid dreams. I want to sort of approach this for a second because you know in in lucid dreams there's this whole thing where when you become lucid, suddenly dream characters will try to wake you up or like prevent you from being lucid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, funny. And it's... your brain just sends out this like reality defense squad that's that's gonna <laughs> try to compensate yeah. for your yeah your attempt to become lucid. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it's funny because um, it's as if I'm seeing more and more that this is basically what happens everywhere. It happens in in reality. It happens in waking life. Yes. Uh, that somehow systematically any lucidity must be squashed <laughs> um, exactly huh? and it's funny because i i sometimes get this uncanny feeling that this happens it happens at a at a level that can be explained in conventional uh, non-sinky terms, right? Because um, like there are sort of anything that kind of represents a, a materialization of awareness, like some sort of yes. act, act, some sort of behavior that materializes an insight into the nature of the the system uh, is. Uh, is a threat to it and then will be, yeah, like it'll, uh, 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 some sort of a police response or will be applied or, or other kind of things, but that it also happens in a sync kind of way. And that's what makes it frightening as well, mm, because, mm -hmm. because you realize that there is, uh, there is a way in which, mm, in which the, the the anything that represents lucidity in some way or represents individuation will be attacked 
spiritually, so to speak. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yeah. By by demons, um, it kind of reminds me of the usual thing with like Buddha and and, and these kinds of stories where um, before reaching enlightenment, there is always like this prolonged period of of demons just relentlessly attacking mm-hmm. um, Buddha and and. It, because it seems as if in sync, for example, there, there are these moments where it seems like uh, sometimes your your attempts to do things will be squashed. Um, you know, and uh, astrology speaks to this as well, right? Like sometimes uh, there are times when um, maybe your... Yeah, your your attempts to 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 do things that are that represent an integration of something that 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 the the system would not want you to integrate yeah. is is squashed in terms of sync in terms of like you encounter events that in material terms can't be explained by like cause and effect, but that as a whole seem to be preventing you from doing something or seem to be like yes yes the the dark aspect aspect of sync the way in which it's not always something that is benign and helping you along your journey but that is actively uh, like trying to block you yes uh, or i would almost say yeah. you know it's hard to evaluate whether it's positive or negative often yeah, because you don't know the full story yet, you know. But it it, it does seem to kind of that yes, yeah, sometimes sync attracts, but sometimes it also repels. Mm-hmm. It seems to be leading you towards places, but it also sometimes it seems to be discouraging other places. And it's hard to know why, you know. Maybe it's actually protective when it's telling you not to pursue something, and you just can't understand yet why you needed this horrible detour. But maybe the alternative was going to be even worse, you know. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but I definitely agree that it it, uh, it it definitely has sometimes has a. Well, I mean, it it, it speaks to the, just the general weirdness around precognitive phenomena. Anyway, you know, are they warnings? You know, they, they there's something ominous about them. Um, mm, mm, mm. Sync does sometimes have that quality of like it's like it's something coming from a danger, mm. saying stay away. Um. I know it's tricky because it reminds me of like uh, when I uh, took mushrooms, um, having these weird sort of dips. The, the the experience would sometimes dip into something scary, and the the visions would literally like depict scary things, demons in hell and stuff like that. And mm. if I went along with that fear, it got worse and worse. But the second I dipped out of that and I realized that, oh, wait, I, I'm okay. I don't need to let myself, you know, be cowed by this fear. The second I switched into that, the demon visions would transform into nice characters and they would laugh and they would celebrate like in, in, in the, in the vision, they would 
celebrate the fact that I had broken out of that negative thought loop. So it's uh-huh. as if the very same creatures that were... It's this weird trickster thing. Dude, the very same... uh, yeah. I'm pretty yeah, yeah. sure I was just listening to maybe David and Alan mentioned something about that on a previous Always Record. Oh, the right. demons and the angels are the same thing, something. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, I'll, have to, I'll, have to, I'll have to listen to that. Yeah, that's my sense <laughs> of it, too, by the way. I think it's, mm. yeah. It's a lot how you are relating to, these, to those phenomena, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that speaks to Hellraiser, too, because that merges mm. the, the demons and the angels in the same figures, the, the Cenobites. Yes. That's what yeah. Pinhead, Pinhead says about them, right? Angels to some. <laughs> <laughs> Demons yeah, yeah. to others, or whatever, yeah. Oh, man, yeah, you really, like, that was, that was a good... Um, <laughs> was that a good Pinhead? That, that was a good impression, yeah. <laughs> Angels to some. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love, I love, yeah, I love Pinhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, 